Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We are continuing here on our faith series. Uh, the last episode, I talked about violent faith. And on this episode, I want to talk about two hindrances to faith. Um, and obviously the cure for those two hindrances. Otherwise, it would be pretty depressing. Uh, so the two hindrances to faith that I was thinking about that really we always need to be on guard against is number one, doubt, and number two, a hard heart. And so I'm going to break those two down and go through some scriptures with you. Um, the first one doubt. So obviously doubt is the opposite of faith. If you're doubting God, if you're doubting the word of God, it means you're not in faith, right? But people can get kind of tripped up with this. uh, And you have to understand just because you have a fleeting thought of doubt doesn't necessarily mean that you have doubt in your heart, right? And a, a great man of God, he said this, he said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from making a nest in your hair. It's the same thing with thoughts of doubt. You may have, everybody has like thoughts that pop into your mind. Okay. Everyone has that. But the key about not having doubt enter into your heart is whether you choose to let those thoughts make a nest in your hair, you know, and you begin to meditate on those thoughts and meditate on those thoughts of doubt. And that begins to consume your mind and whatever consumes your mind gets into your heart. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So whatever you are meditating on in your mind is going to get into your heart. So that's why it's very important if you have thoughts of doubt that come, like everyone has thoughts that pop into their head, right? But you take authority over those thoughts and you cast down those vain imaginations, right? And you replace them with the word of God so that you can stay in faith. And that's why it says in Mark 11, when Jesus talked about faith, he said, if you believe in your heart and do not doubt, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and cast into the sea and it shall obey your command. Right? He said, if you believe in your heart and do not doubt. So he's talking about faith and doubt in the heart. You can't have both faith and doubt in your heart if you want your faith to work, right? So again, everyone has doubt that may pop into your mind, but the question is, what are you gonna do with those thoughts? Are you gonna cast them down or are you gonna receive those thoughts and begin to meditate on them? And that's when it gets into your heart and it begins to contaminate your faith. And that's the thing, whenever Jesus said, faith is like a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are actually one of the only seeds that cannot be crossed uh, or hybrid, I don't know what the word is, science. It's like crossbred with any other seed. Mustard seeds, you cannot cross them with any other type of seed. They can only grow by themselves in their pure form. And that's exactly what Jesus meant when he said faith is like a mustard seed. It cannot be mixed with anything else. It can't be mixed with doubt. And so James 1 verse 6, I want to read this to you. This is a scripture that James says about doubt. And because I want to I want to get into what is the cure for doubt? Say you are totally you're really struggling with doubt. I'm going to tell you the cure. And so James 1 verse 6 it says um and before that he's talking about asking the Lord for wisdom, believing God for wisdom and then he says in verse 6, only it must be in faith that he asks with no doubting. 
For the one who doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown here and there and tossed by the wind. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a man of two minds. He is unstable, irresolute, unreliable, and uncertain about everything that he thinks and feels. So that was a mouthful. That was the amplified. But basically what I want you to catch here is that James is saying that if you are doubting, he's talking about being double-minded. It means that you're of two minds, that, you, that you're trying to mix, your, mix faith with all this doubt that's in your heart. And he's saying you have to eradicate that doubt out of your heart if you want to receive what you ask for, right? He says that a person that doubts is like a ship out at sea that's being blown here and there. You're going back and forth. You're being tossed about by the wind, right? But a person of faith, like we talked about in the last episode, faith is resolute. It doesn't back down, right? So, so faith has, has its mind made up. It's confident, right, in what it believes. It believe, you believe that you're going to receive whatever you've asked of the Lord. And so what is the cure for this? So if you look at, if he, I was reading Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Paul talks about literally the same analogy that James talked about. He talks about a ship that's being blown about by the wind at sea. Right. And so Ephesians chapter four, I'm not going to read it all, but I encourage you to go read it. Ephesians four, it talks about that when Jesus ascended, he, he, you know, he died. He rose again. He ascended to heaven. The first thing that Jesus did when he ascended to heaven, the Bible says that he gave gifts to men. He gave us the fivefold ministry. And so this and we're, I'm going to explain this, but the fivefold ministry is actually the cure for doubt. Sitting under the fivefold ministry is the cure for doubt. So Ephesians 4, um, I'm going to read, I have to just read this because it's so good, but bear with me. So Ephesians 4:11, it says his gifts Um, his gifts were varied. He gave men some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. His intention, Jesus's intention of giving the fivefold ministry was the perfecting and full equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry that the church might develop until we attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the knowledge of the son of God, that we might arrive at mature manhood, the full measure of the stature of Christ. And this is what I want you to catch. Verse 14 says, so then we may no longer be children that are tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of, of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of cunning and clever men uh, engaged in every shifting form of trickery, inventing new, inventing errors to mislead. Sorry, that was mouthful. That was the amplified. So what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying the whole reason, the first thing Jesus did was he gave the fivefold ministry so that you can, you can grow up, become mature, attain oneness in the faith, get to the full stature of Christ. Why? Why? Why does he want you to become a mature Christian? So that you're not tossed around by every wind of doctrine. 
Because if you're being tossed around by every wind of doctrine, and a doctrine is really a set of thoughts. It's a set of beliefs, right? So doubt is you're believing more than natural. So this is what we're talking about. Every wind of doctrine. That's exactly what James said. A person that is double-minded, you're being tossed back and forth between your set of beliefs of what you, what you're believing. You're believing the word of God, then you're not believing. You're believing what the natural is, you know? So you're, you're being tossed to and fro. So Paul gives us the recipe for doubt. The, the recipe for getting free from doubt is to sit under the fivefold ministry. Because when you sit under the fivefold ministry, you're going to attain oneness in the faith and you're going to become a mature Christian that you are not tossed back and forth. You're not going to be double minded. A person that sits under the fivefold ministry that is submitted to a local pastor that gets in revival meetings uh, under apostles and evangelists and so forth. Those people are single minded and they are fully in faith about what they believe. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Notice that it doesn't say reading. And, you know, you can hear the voice of God while you're reading your Bible, but faith first and foremost is going to come by hearing the word of God from what? From the man and woman of God. So I encourage you to locate ministers, men and women of God that you feel like you really receive from, that you connect with. You know, each minister is sent to a different group of people. So you are going to find a particular minister that clicks with your spirit that, man, everything they say, it's like, it's just like light bulbs going off right and left. Like everything they're saying just clicks with you, right? And what that's doing is you're hearing the word of God and revelation is coming in. That revelation of the word of God is driving all doubt out right? Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And that faith is going to drive out any form of doubt. And you're going to be single-minded. Why? Because your, your, your mind is fixed on what you're hearing. Literally, that's just like basic, uh, you know, whatever you're listening to is what you're thinking about. If you have trouble controlling your thoughts, you need to put on preaching and listen to it because what you're listening to, your mind is automatically thinking what you're listening to. You can't be, you know, you're not listening to something and simultaneously thinking about something else. So this is the cure for doubt. Sitting under the fivefold ministry, listening to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing. So I encourage you to go study Ephesians 4. And this is going to, it's going to click. Because I didn't really go through, you know, it in too much detail. But go study Ephesians 4. So the second one, number one hindrance to faith is doubt. We always need to be on guard against doubt. And like I said, doubt is not just a fleeting thought, but it's meditating on those thoughts and allowing it to get in your heart. So we need to be on guard against doubt. The second hindrance to faith is a hard heart. A hard heart. And like I said, you know, I just quoted that a million times. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Why? Because faith comes from the voice of God. I talked about that in the previous podcast. Faith comes from the voice of God. So if your heart is hard, right? A hard heart 
cannot, does not receive the voice of God. And if you're not receiving the voice of God, then you're certainly not receiving faith from the voice of God. So he says, do not harden your heart to his voice. So I want to read more in Ephesians 4 uh, and continue on. So Paul, he just talks about the fivefold ministry. He talked about being mature uh, Christians that are not tossed about by every wind of doctrine. And then if you skip down in verse 17, I was reading this this morning and I don't know, it just, I don't know. I was like kind of stirred up reading this. This is verse 17. It says, so I solemnly testify in the name of the Lord that you must no longer live as the heathen do in their perverseness, in their emptiness of souls and the futility of their minds. Verse 18. Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated from the life of God with no share in it because of the ignorance that is deep seated in them due to the hardness of their heart. Okay, so let me break that down. So, because their hearts are hard, Paul is saying that they are ignorant right? They have no knowledge of God. And I talked about knowledge of God is a key ingredient for faith. So because of their hard heart, because they're living like heathens, right? Their heart is hard. Their understanding is darkened. They have no reasoning. Logic has gone out the window. Why? Because sin causes your mind to be darkened. It puts you in a place of ignorance. You have no knowledge of God, right? And because of that, it says that they have no share in the life of God. In verse 19, it says, in their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feeling and have abandoned themselves to unbridled sensuality, greedy to indulge in every form of impurity. And so what is Paul talking about here? Obviously, he's talking about the heathen. He's talking about people who are not born again, that are living in total sin, that their hearts, the more that they live in that lifestyle, their hearts are becoming callous, that they literally throw themselves into this, this insanely perverse lifestyle because of the hardness of their heart. But, you know, he starts off by warning us as believers, because what does this have to do with us as Christians? He warns us, hey, don't continue living like the heathen. Don't order your lives the way that they do because what they're doing has caused their hearts to become calloused. So he was warning the church that this lifestyle is going to lead to destruction. Right now, you know, you're, when you're born again, obviously your heart is very soft. The Bible says that he takes out the stony heart. He puts in you a heart of flesh, right? And then, but he's encouraging us, don't live as the heathens do because over time, your heart can become hardened. It can become callous to the voice of God. And so it's not, and this is the thing about a hard heart. It's not a blowout tire. It's a slow leak. You know, when you get a flat tire, oftentimes it's a slow leak. It's not always, and that's, that's how it is. A hard heart is a slow thing that happens. And that's why we have to be so on guard as believers against a hard heart. If you hear the word of God it, and you have a revelation 
of the word of God, you hear the voice of God, the Lord prompts you to do something. It is gravely important that you act on that. Very important. James said, if you hear the word, but you don't do it, you will fall into deception. Okay. And so maybe you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I have ignored the voice of God. It's okay. <laughs> I want you right now to repent and you ask the Lord to forgive you. The Bible says that if you confess your sins to the Lord, that he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if you, if you feel like you have gone against the voice of God, all you have to do is repent and the Lord puts you right back as if, you know, you've never sinned. So there's, there's no one listening to this that's too far gone that your heart is hardened. No, if you're listening to this, obviously you're hungry for the word of God and your heart is soft towards the Lord. So I just want to clarify that. But you have to understand that uh, you don't want to harden your heart to the voice of God because the voice of God is the source of your faith. And so there's another scripture that says, it's either in First or Second Timothy, I forget. It says, and I've talked about this scripture before on previous podcasts, um, more in detail, but it says, uh, by Paul said, by rejecting their conscience, they have made a shipwreck of their faith. What is he talking about? Very similar to what we're reading in Ephesians 4. Rejecting your conscience. What is your conscience is the voice of your spirit. The Holy Spirit is talking to your spirit and your spirit is telling your mind what you ought to do, right? And that's your conscience. It's the voice of the inward witness, right? The inward witness, your spirit is in constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so it's passing the, the, the voice of God to your mind. And so if you reject your conscience, what is that talking about? It's talking about a getting into a habitual lifestyle where you are constantly, uh, you're rejecting and suppressing the voice of your spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? And you are acting against, you're acting against the voice of God, right? And he says, by rejecting their conscience, again, like I said, this is a gradual process. It's not just like a one time, one time you did it. This is like years of habitual. You, you reject your conscience to the point where the Bible talks about you have seared your conscience. Like he said in Ephesians 4, your heart literally becomes callous. It's hard. You have no feeling. You have no feelings of conviction. You're just, you know. And at that point, Paul said, that's when you shipwreck your faith. That is when your faith is then shipwrecked. You destroy your own faith. So what, what is the cure for this? What can we do? to be on guard against a hard heart. We all, I think if you're listening to this, obviously, we all want our hearts to stay soft towards the voice of God, towards the word of God, right? So he tells us in Ephesians 4. He tells us in Ephesians 4. So he talks about this. He says, you know, their hearts are calloused. Um, And then in verse 20, he says, but you did not learn so in Christ. Assuming that you have really heard heard him and been taught by him as all truth is in Jesus. Uh, And then in verse 22, this is what I want you to get. He gives us instructions. He says, he's saying, this is not you. You're not going to be the person that has a calloused heart. In verse 22, it says, strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off the unrenewed self, which is characterized by your previous manner of life 
and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, so Paul is saying, you want to have a soft heart? You have to daily, okay, because positionally, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're a new creature in Christ. Positionally and legally, the work is done. But experientially, every day, Paul is saying, you actually every day have to strip yourself of your former nature. Put off the old self and stop uh, ordering your life after your former way of living. Stop doing the things that you used to do before you gave your life to Christ. That's what Paul is saying. Strip yourself of that old self and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be, this is it right here, folks. This is it right here. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We're on a journey. We're all being sanctified. There is a continual process that must take place. You have to constantly be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Bible says to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the things of the spirit is life and peace. You want to know why many people are never at peace? Because their mind is constantly fixated on totally worldly garbage. And the Bible says to set the mind on the things of the flesh, the things of this world is death. It brings spiritual death. But to set the mind on the things of the spirit, which is what the word of God is, yields life and peace. You want to be at peace? The Bible says he will keep in perfect peace them whose minds are stayed on him, on the word, on Jesus. So he says you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And this goes back to what I talked about on the first point, listening to preaching, submitting yourself to the fivefold ministry, because what you're listening to is going to control your thoughts. If you are listening to the fivefold ministry daily, I'm not talking about on Sunday morning. God, I hope it's on Sunday morning, but it better be every day that you are listening and intaking the word of God. This is a daily thing to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, to keep your heart soft, to keep your, the, the, your, and because think about it, what you're constantly meditating on is what your heart is full of. Your heart is full of doubt and your heart is getting hard because you, because people are fixated on carnal things and they're living in sin. Sin is the opposite of faith. Sin is living according to the flesh. Faith is living according to the spirit. They're, they're totally at war with one another. Living in faith is living according to your spirit, man. Living according to the flesh is, is sin. The Bible says that whatever is not of faith is sin. Okay, sorry, I'm getting on a tangent here. But the cure for a hard heart, being constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, put on the new nature created in God's image in true righteousness and holiness. I ask you right now, put on the new nature. How, you know, and Paul also says, I think it's at the beginning of chapter four, walk in a manner that is worthy of your calling. Walk in a manner that is worthy to receive whatever miracle you're believing God for. Uh, walk in a manner that is worthy to receive that miracle that when you tell people and you begin to testify that people aren't totally shocked uh, that you serve the Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? People should be like, oh yeah, it makes sense, you know, because they can see that you, you order your life after your new nature in Christ. You begin, you, 
you know, if you want to see the supernatural, you have to line yourself up in every aspect of your life. You begin to line yourself up with your new nature. All right. I'm pretty much done. But he goes on. He says, you know, verse 25, rejecting all falsity, being done with it. Let everyone express the truth with his neighbor for we all, all are, we are all parts of one body. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath last until the sun goes down. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Okay, you can go on and read the rest. But basically, he's telling you, guard your life from falling back into living like the heathen do. Don't fall back into living like you did before you gave your life to Christ right? Because we, we don't want our hearts to be hard. You want your heart to always be receptive to the voice of God. Because when you're hearing the voice of God, when you're sitting under the fivefold ministry, let me tell you, faith is coming. Faith is coming. And understand that faith is not like, okay, one time I received faith two years ago. No, it, it's a continual process. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. This is a date. It's a daily process. So that's why I wanted to talk about these two things, because as believers, we always need to be on guard against against doubt, against hardness of heart. Just because you're in a good place today, the Bible says uh, just because, you know, you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. So there's always things that we need to be constantly filling ourselves with the word of God and being on guard against these things that would come to try to shipwreck our faith. And let me tell you that as you fill yourself with the word of God, as you grow stronger and stronger in your faith, you're going to begin to see the hand of God like never before in your life. Why? Because the Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So as you stir up your faith today, you're going to begin to see those victories more and more in your life in Jesus' mighty name. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.